Welcome to Locathor's audio-only Let's Plays, the game where we Let's Play games in a Locathor way. You like what I did there, Troy? You like you like that I did the thing? We're going to play Planescape Torment Enhanced Edition today. As you may recall, we just got out of the mortuary. Right. Um, now I know that there's like no logical story reason for what I'm about to do, but we're going to go to another region of the game. Uh, we're just outside the mortuary. Um, we're in a zone called the Hive. The Hive has many... Um, let's see, there's the Hive. Also the Hive, also the Hive, also the Hive. Ratpicker Square, Buried Village, Alley of Lingering Size, Alley of Dangerous Angles, Clerk's Ward, and Lower Ward. Those are all the different... Um, on our world map, it shows those maps. And um, Done. we are going from the portion of the hive outside the mortuary that we were at to a place called the Smoldering Corpse Bar. And um, there's absolutely no explanation for my, why my character would suddenly go to the Smoldering Corpse Bar. I'm gone. And suddenly speak to a very specific patron inside the bar. Um, but uh, we're gonna do it. We're gonna we're gonna go a little bit out of order and pick up uh, a cool pal just as soon as I find him. Come on, I know you're in here, Dacon. Smoldering corpse patron. Oh. Uh, leave her alone. Uh, okay. I, I, I thought that I could get out of this conversation quickly, but it turns out I can't. So let me let's back up a moment. Uh, a woman walked up to me and started the conversation. Her name it says Mokai, M O C H A I. I guess that's Mokai. You see someone dressed as a female dustman with a half-empty glass in her right hand. As you near her, she calls out to you, Um, you, over here! You notice that there's something wrong about her, and your exposure to the dustman leads you to believe she's just too lively to be a real member of the faction. So I pick leave her alone, and then she says, Too good to hang out with, um, the likes of a dustman, I Buy me a drink and I'll leave you alone. You're not really a dustman, are you? She looks around nervously and seems to sober right up. Why, um, why do you say that? And then, now I get this really long dialogue reply. Because you don't act like a Dusty and you're not offering contracts. In fact, you're taking money in instead of giving it out for that corpse labor they do at the mortuary. She stifles a squeak of terror and hastens to explain, No, 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 I'm not a Dustman. I just found these ropes in the street and I didn't have enough money to get good clothes and I, uh heard there was a dustman thief around but you could probably find him somewhere else in the southwest part of the hive i saw him but i hid from him please don't hurt me hmm i have some options here previously that long option was the only option i could pick uh i'm not planning on it you ought to know you're not pulling it off too well now answer some questions uh I can 
You're not really a dustman, are you? We know that. Who are you? Obviously, their name is Mokai and they're poor. We don't need to know more than that. Um, what is this place? It's the Smoldering Corpse Bar. We already know that. Tell me about the other patrons here. That sounds good. Dunno, they're just, um, people. I don't deal much with people, unless they're buying me a drink. She looks at you, hopefully. I can see why. Farewell. Alright, that got me out of the conversation without paying any money to her. Which is basically what I was looking for. Hey! I found him. He's right in the middle of the room. <clears throat> the man before you is old. His dry yellow skin has the scars of one who has traveled everywhere and never rested long in any one place. His pinched face is inhumanly angular, and his ears sweep out from his skull, tapering to points. He wears a loose-fitting orange tunic, and a strange, shimmering blade is strapped across his back. The blade looks to be a two-pronged glaive made of some metal whose surface swirls like a film of oil on a pond. Greetings. The man turns to you, his eyes like polished coal. He stares through you, and for a moment you wonder if he might be blind. The weapon suddenly turns a dead, flat black, mirroring the man's eyes. Hail, Are you alright? Traveler. He says nothing for a moment, merely searches your face with his eyes. Hail, Traveler. His voice is quiet and somber, like a wind whispering through the branches of a giant tree. Your eyes are the weight of one who has traveled far to be in this place. Hail. The man meets your gaze, his eyes burrowing into yours. His weapon drains of its black color, resuming its shimmering you noticed before you spoke to him. Your eyes have the weight of one who has traveled far to be in this place. You could say that. The man's gaze does not waver from yours. I am known as Dakon. The emphasis he places on the word known strikes you as odd, yet familiar at the same time. You are not known to me. Uh, I do not know myself. This is for the best. In knowing yourself, there would be little in the planes left worth knowing. He falls silent for a moment, still studying you with his coal black eyes. I would know why you have come to the city. I'm looking for answers. I have many questions. Speak your questions. I will hear you. Your features are unfamiliar to me. What are you? A Gezerai. A Gezerai? A Gezerai is one of the people. One of the people? A Gezerai. Yeah, but what are the Gezerai exactly? Dakon is silent for a moment and speaks. Our history does not need to be made known to you. We would bleed to death on time's blade before I recited a fraction of the histories of our people. I don't need to know your histories, but I would know of your people as they are now. Dakon is silent for a moment. Know this and accept it as an answer. We are the people who make our home upon the shifting plane of limbo. With a deft motion, Dakon slips the blade from his back and holds it before him. I'm gonna wait and see what happens. There we mold the matter of limbo with our minds. We forge cities with our thoughts. As you watch, a series of rippling waves of metal begin to roll forth from the center of the blade, the pitch and crest of the waves matching the inflections of Dakon's voice. 
In its chaos we dwell, with only our knowing to preserve us. We are the Gezerai. What is that blade you have? It moved, shifted in response to your voice. It is a Karach blade. It is an object that lets others know the rank of the wielder. Karach, what does that mean? Dakon falls silent for a moment, as if searching for the correct words. In your tongue, the closest translation is chaos matter. The people may shape it with their thoughts. Okay, so I can ask about the people, but we've already asked about the people and established that they live on Limbo. So I'm going to ask, uh, shape it with their thoughts? Karach is not shaped by heat, but by knowing oneself. It is a mirror that reflects the will of the wielder on its surface and on its edge. When one knows themselves, the blade is strong, harder and stronger than steel. When one does not know themselves, the blade is as water, formless and weak. Hmm, I can ask him to sell it, but I'm going to ask what rank does the blade signify? The blade is a symbol carried by the Xerth. A Zerth is one who knows the words, the words of Zerthamon. In knowing the words of Zerthamon, they know themselves. Zerthamon? Zerthamon founded our race. He knew the Gethzerai before they knew themselves. He defined the people. He gave them one mind. Hmm. I had some other questions. Uh, can you tell me about this city? It is known by the name Sigil. Among the people, it is known as a city that does not know itself. It doesn't know itself? What do you mean? The city exists, but it does not know itself. In not knowing itself, its existence is flawed. How is it flawed? The city exists in opposition to itself. It has set itself apart from the plains, yet it seeks to be everywhere at once. Its walls are doors, yet it keeps these doors locked. Such an existence tells of a thing that does not know itself. In not knowing itself, it is flawed. Um... Let's see... So I have four options, and they're all kind of interesting. Uh, option one, when you say this city is everywhere at once, what do you mean? I, the, my character doesn't know that, but I kind of know what he means, because I kind of, I kind of have some background on the Planescape setting. Uh, its walls are doors. That's an interesting response. Now here is where I start to like it. Option three, I can tell him a truth. What if the city is not flawed? A thing does not need to be ordered and have a purpose to know itself. What if these contradictions are strengths that you cannot see? Or I can tell him a different truth. What if the city is not flawed and you just do not know the reasons for its contradictions? There is order in everything. Perhaps there is an underlying pattern that you cannot perceive. This, friends, is where the game starts to get kind of interesting. You, um... In most of the other D&D games, you pick an alignment at the start of the game, maybe it changes afterward. In this particular game, you have a neutral alignment to start, and then when you have these dialogues with other people, it shifts you along the law-chaos axis and the good-evil axis. 
So, um, I happen to know that the, there's a cool weapon that rewards you the most if you're very strongly lawful good or very strongly chaotic evil. It doesn't really, like, it, it doesn't really, uh, do much for lawful evil or, or chaotic good. So we're going to go for a lawful good playthrough most of the time. Um, and so I'm going to pick, but, but here's my, uh, sorry, I, I, I skipped over the part. So, so I can, there are two things that I can claim are a truth and they, they will be true to my character. And then which one I pick will push my character towards chaos. If I say that the contradictions are strengths, or law, if I say that there's an underlying pattern that cannot be perceived by Dacon. So I'm going to pick that the city is not flawed, and I just don't know the reason for its contradictions. To your question... Oh, this is Dacon again. To your question, a question. What if the city is flawed, and you see its contradictions are all around you? Let's see. Uh... One option is truth to your question a question. You claim the city's existence is flawed. You have accepted this rather than explore the possibility that something greater may exist. This suggests you are flawed that and that you do not search for knowledge, but only a convenient answer. Ah, got him there. Dakon falls silent. There is no knowing the answer to the questions we have asked. Yet the city exists. That is all. Hmm. I reply, yet I would maintain that we know ourselves by the questions we ask and the ones we do not. If we cease asking questions and accept only what we can perceive, and I trail off. And I get 500 experience for being wise as heck. Dakon, oh, Dakon picks up and finishes my sentence for me. Then we will cease to know ourselves. Dakon's voice has changed slightly, become heavier. Such words have been spoken before. I have heard them and know them. Where have you heard them? The words are mine. Once I knew them and knew their meaning. I had forgotten them until you spoke. Dakon's gaze travels through you and his blade stops shimmering, bleeding of all color until it is translucent. There is a moment of silence. Then Dakon looks up at you. I would travel your path with you. Ooh, I accept. Your path is mine. That's that's what we're here for, folks. We're picking up a third party member. This Dakon is the... So, normally in the Infinity Engine games, you can have six party members. Uh, there are seven characters in this game... Or maybe eight? I think it's seven or eight. Obviously, you have to have the nameless one in your party. Everyone else, you don't have to have in your party. Um, but Dakon is the only one that we can get this early. And so we just want a third party member to, to just to hang out with our creepy buds. We got a skull and we got a chaos sword man. It's very anime. Um, Dakon says, your path is mine. Strangely enough, his voice seems distant, and it echoes as if it, he was speaking from across a great distance. Very well, let's go. Alright, so now... Uh, let's just have a little look at Dakon here. Um, oh. Dakon has some Zerth armor and a Zerth blade. 
and an unbroken circle of Zerthamon, that's his like spellbook thing, and a whispering flask. Uh, this container holds a peculiar powder called whispering motes, loose translation of the gif expression, a form of healing powder commonly used by the Gezerai on the plane of limbo. When the stopper is pulled and the spice touched on the skin of a wounded person, the spice travels through the injured person's body, generating raw matter to fill up the holes in its physical form, no matter how small or large. In order for the spice to work, the user must concentrate on its healing effects. With the proper discipline, a practitioned, a practiced Gezerai can even heal the greatest of wounds. In addition to its curative properties, it is also the elements in several of the rites of passage. It is believed that the spice also fills in the holes of a person's psyche, removing doubts and giving them focus and purpose. It says... Oh, it invokes the aid spell. Okay. I was confused for a moment because it said I had all this healing and then it didn't say anything about hit points healed. Um, well, that's a quick item. I guess I'll put it in a quick item slot. I don't know that we'll ever use it. Uh, it looks like it only has one charge and I hate to have a cool, flavorful item get used up like that. Um, let's see, can I... I believe that I can talk to Dakon some more. Uh, where's the talk button? Map screen, mage spellbook, rest party, options, priest, journal, stats, inventory. Can, do I just click on it? Endure. I hear your words. Is it T? I will hear you. No, how do I how do I talk? Uh how do I talk to a party member? Come on, open dialogue window? No, that just shows the log. How to play? Alright, we're gonna go to the gameplay. Assign keys. Uh, actions. Attack is A. There's character selection. Special abilities. Miscellaneous. Um, well, quick save is Q, so that's interesting. Hmm. Uh, how do I? Oh, my gosh. How do you? You talk to your party in Planescape for Torment. How do you do it? Talking to party members. Let's see. Do, 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 do. Right click on the ground to bring up the radial menu. All right. What? That's not it. Hmm. Talk. Hmm. Do, 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 do. Talk your way. 
the talk button is item 13, which is... Oh, it's called Dialogue. So I pick Dialogue, and then what I pick deck will? on. Aha! Here we go. We're in business now. <clears throat> that was only slightly embarrassing. Um... So now, now that we're talking to Dakon as he's an NPC member, Dakon turns to you, his eyes like polished coal. His blade mirrors his eyes for a moment as you address him. Then he nods. What is your will? There are things I would know, Dakon. I will hear you. Uh, I have some questions about the Gazerai. Um... Let's see, can you tell me about the Gazari people again? That seems like it's going to be a repeat. We've seen that. You seem to place a special emphasis on knowing. Why? All things, whether structure or flesh, their existence is defined by their knowing of themselves. And if a man does not know himself? When a mind does not know itself, it is flawed. When a mind is flawed, the man is flawed. When a man is flawed, that which he touches is flawed. Dakon pauses. It is said that what a flawed man sees, his hands make broken. Do you know yourself? Dakon falls silent. His coal black eyes take on the same distance that you noticed when you first met him. I ask again, do you know yourself? When Dakon speaks again, his voice has changed. His words echo like a great stone dropped into a chasm. It looks like he is forcing the words from his chest. It is not my will that you know this. Um. All right, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna bug him too much. Very well. There are other things I would know. Um. Can you tell me? I wanted to ask you about our travels. Uh. Do you know of a man named Farod? That one is not known to me. I see. There are other things that I would know. Can you tell me about your teachings? Or can I talk to you about your teachings? Um, can you teach me anything of weapon craft, Dakon? Dakon shakes his head. I can redirect one towards the craft of war, but I cannot advance their skill. My weapons are not of steel, but of will and of knowing of the self. Okay. Oh, oh, so this that menu option would let us change to fighter class. All right. Okay. Well, uh, so yeah, you can be three different classes in this game. You can be... All right. Um, you start as fighter. You can also be wizard or thief if you want. Um, I, I don't see a reason for us to do anything except be a cool fighter. Um, let's see... And where did our little guide go? Here we go. Oh. Oh. Okay. So according to these notes, we can actually ask more what about the Gazerai. There are things I would know. I had some questions about the Gazerai. Um... Oh, there were other Gazerai questions that we accidentally skipped. So we asked about the emphasis on knowing. And then we can say, the blade you have, that's the Kirach blade. We know about that. I had some questions about the Gazerai language. Uh, 
Can you teach me the ways in which your people speak? Know that the speech of the people has its foundation in history. All things are as story to us. Metaphor is a tool and an inspiration to the strength. Know we speak of Torig's table. We remember what Torig was noted for his hospitality and goodwill. When we speak of Selquant's heart, we recall the lecherous and cruel nature of Selquant. I understand. Will you teach me? Dakon teaches you some of the common forms of speech. A wise man is said to have wrote the book of the Anarchs, while to accuse another of treason is to remember Vilquar's eye. It is said of generous people that their cupboards are bare. Common greetings include Hail, Swordringer, and uh, Zerkai's kin bow to you, to which one should respond, and the traveler is pleased. Dekon is a skilled teacher. After his instruction, you feel capable of exchanging proper greetings with other Gazerai. Um, I've heard enough for now. Let's move on. That's cool. I'm gone. Um. Ugh, I've never seen something so ugly I've not. Oh, hey, look, it's Anna. Hey, cough. She is voiced because she's a character that joins our group later, but we can't get her to join right now. But we can talk to her. You see a striking red-haired girl dressed in leather armor. Her right arm is covered with a series of interlocking plates that look as if they were taken from the skin of some creature, and a horned shoulder piece protects her left arm. Oddly enough, she has a tail that is flicking back and forth as you watch. Pike off. She's very Scottish. Greetings. The girl ignores you. Uh, I'm looking for someone named Farah. Do you know where I can find him? Aye, I might. Might say more if you sweeten the question, I. She clicks her tongue and rubs two fingers together. Jink jink, I. Uh, jink jink. Mort says she means money. Oh. Aye, she glances at Mort, then shrugs. What the skull said? Hard coin. Hmm. All right, how much? How much is it to you know, I? She studies you, then folds her arms. Come on, I haven't got all day, I haven't. Uh, how about ten? That enough? That lump of copper isn't enough to whet a faded's appetite. You'll be needing more if you want to make friends here. How about twenty, then? Aye, all right, then. She pockets the money. It's gone so quickly you have no idea where it vanished. Look for him in the alley spireward from the mortuary. Tez the, to the south and west of the mortuary, eh? South and west of the mortuary? Thanks. Um, now, in a sense, I just totally wasted um, 20 coins because she lied to us and she, um, uh, she, oh, she works for Farad. That's where I was going with that sentence. Uh, she, um, is trying to convince us to go the wrong way. Oh, hey, look! Adabas! You want to talk to Adabas? I want to talk to Adabas. You see a tall creature with a shock of white hair. Its skin has a greenish cast, and a pair of goat horns protrudes from its forehead. It is dressed in long, flowing robes, and appears to be floating slightly above the ground. Greetings. The creature turns to face you, and a series of symbols appear around its head. The symbols have a slight glow about them, and they just... hover there. 
And indeed, even in the little character icon in, in, within the game, outside the dialogue box, there's a whole bunch of um, symbols floating over the Davos' head, like as if he had subtitles written in some sort of script, some sort of unknown script. It looks reminiscent of katakana and hiragana smushed together but it doesn't the symbols do not have the deep complexity of a lot of kanji and chinese characters they're more they're very relatively simple um mort says oh for the power's sake piking dabas what's wrong he's a dabas they speak in rebuses these annoying word puzzles if you don't know what he's saying then we better find a native or some other way to communicate with him if we want to an annoying bunch. My bet, they can speak. They just would rather piss everyone off by trying to puzzle out what they're saying. What's a Dabas? Chant is, they're janitors for the Lady of Pain. They float around, breaking, fixing, and patching up Sigil according to her whims. They're worse than corpse flies, Mort sighs. You can't swat them, though, or the Lady will get upset. Lady of Pain? Who's that? She runs this city. You'll know if you see her. She's got these blades around her face. She's about the size of a giant, and she floats off the ground, just like these guys. Mort nods at the Davis, who is looking at you both. Nobody knows much about her. She doesn't speak much. All you need to know is that you don't want to make her angry. If you see her, my advice? Run. I see. The Davis waits patiently, its hands tucked into its sleeves. A series of symbols materialize above its head, and then vanish, and a question mark appears. Hmm. Mort, can you translate what he's saying? Mort scoffs. I'd sooner be strained through a Tanari's bowels than unravel what these floating goat heads are trying to say. You want a translator? He nods to Dekon. Get holier than thou and twice as silent here to translate. Oh, maybe I will. And then we have the main menu. Davis waits patiently. Dekon, can you translate what he's saying? Dekon nods. Uh... Ask him who he is. The Davis inclines the head slightly, and a stream of symbols appear above his head. What did he say, Dakon? It says that it is a Davis. That's all I wanted to know. Farewell. Okay, let's try talking to the Davis again, but this time we have an option to try and strike up a conversation and see if we can translate what the creature is saying. Ooh! Gain experience. You ask the Dabas several questions, trying to get a feel for the rebuses that appear above their head. It is extremely patient throughout your discussion, giving you easy sentences to translate. After a few minutes, you start to get the hang of it. It feels like you've done this before. Maybe you can help me, the Dabas waits. Uh, what are you doing? A bunch of symbols appear above its, the Dabas's head. I attend to my duties. Uh, I had another question for you. Can you tell me anything about the Lady of Pain? A lone symbol appears above the Dobbs' head. This one just shows a metallic female mask with blades coming out of the sides. Just looking at the ghostly image makes you uncomfortable. Uh, that's all I wanted to know. Farewell. Okay, so if you have seen the cover art of the Planescape Torment episodes, then you would know, of course, that... The Lady of Pain is the is the cover character. Um, let's see. So, I guess next we can talk to Sevtai. 
This woman's face looks... So we go to the Dustman Memorial. It's, it's an obelisk. It's actually the obelisk that we saw in the opening video. And uh, let's check the time here. Oh, not too bad. I always worry the time will get away from me when I'm playing this game, because it's uh, pretty great. Uh, let's see. This woman's face looks broken, and she's covered in scars. They look like bite marks and fingernail cuts. She's cradling the shreds of several rags in her hands, and is staring emptily at the wall of the monument, at the names there. Uh, greetings. Get you back! The woman's teeth peel back, displaying a row of black canines. What you want of Sevtai? What's the matter? What wrong? Those Kausmen wrecked my cart, attacked me, killed three of my sisters who tried to stop them. Not sisters anymore. Now there's nothing but names on this memorial wall. Chaosmen? Chaosmen, a faction, they says. What are is an addled bunch of runs wild through the hive and does whatever they please. We never did no harm to them. Then they lope in like dogs and tear apart everything within their reach. Who are these chaos men who attacked you? They're a hiver gang, a bunch of addled sods that call themselves the the starved dogs barking or some such barmy nonsense. Um, let's see. Their actions were unjust. If you wish, I can see that the matter is rectified. If three deaths they caused, then three deaths shall these starved dogs suffer. A copper earring in your purse if you pen three of those murdering sods in the dead book. Jig? I'll see that they're put in the dead book. Can you tell me where they might be found? Go out the south gate, spire word from here, then walk around the block until you come to a place where the men run in circles, howling at the sig sky. There's the starved dogs they are. Yeah, I've been to that block. It's the one with the harlots and the drunks south of here. I'll go there and return shortly. Updated my journal. Alright, I updated my journal. So we're going to go south. Um There we go. South o here. Alright. Uh Hive Thug. Well, I'm seeing a lot of hive thugs. Harlots, collectors, drunks. I'm not seeing any um, anyone marked as chaos men. Let's try the north part of this. This area is sort of in a loop. Starved dog barking thug uninjured. Well, boom! Wow, wow! These guys are tough. Dakon. Balance. What are you doing? Get out of here. Uh, and then... It is I. Thakon, do you know any spells? Uh, Mage Spellbook. Oh, I don't want that. I want... Uh, Your will be done. How do I make you cast a spell? Select spell! Reign of Anger, Submerge the Will, Power of One... I, I don't know what Power of One does. Uh, okay, Dakon's pretty hurt, but it looks like they're not attacking Dakon much anymore. Uh, oh. Alas, poor Dakon. No! Well, 
Stack on. We gotta load the game. Okay. We, uh... Every time you go between right. areas, it auto-saves. So we have an auto-save just a few moments ago. Alright. Let's see if we can, uh... Hey, we're being watched, Chief. Just look natural. Uh, casual. Casual. Okay. So we have a howling dog, starved bark dog, bar starved dog barking thug. Here we go. Let's talk to him. This wild-eyed man is hunched over, barking and howling at the top of his lungs. Beneath his thick matted hair, you can make out a series of strange tattoos. They run the range from screaming faces to bizarre geometric shapes to what appear to be lines of verse. He is almost naked, but the dirt and filth covering him gives him the semblance of modesty. Greetings. The thug. Uh, the man whirls on you and gives you a low growl. He draws out the growl for a few seconds and starts barking violently. In the distance, you can hear answering barks. Snarl back! The man's barking ends with a snarl, and he leaps at you. If this is how you want to die, wolf man. Alright. Instead of attacking, like, ten of them at once, we're going to attack... You see that? Uh... We'll attack just one of them. Hey, look! He had nine copper. Meanwhile, in the Mage Spell Book, let's check out what uh, spells we got. Uh, okay, so our, our level 1 spells, Reign of Anger. Um, so Reign of Anger is um, Magic Missile, but weird. Okay. Scripture of Steel is like bless submerge the will uh is like an armor spell vilquar's i um is some sort of curse so we don't want submerge the will yeah we want we want Reign of Anger. We want a lot of Reigns of Anger. And then Power of One... Uh... Oh! Adds to Strength. Oh. Okay. Depending on your class, you can get... So, like, a Warrior gets 1d8 plus 1 points of Strength. It's pretty nifty. Um... Done. Uh... Let's see, Angry Hive Dweller. Let's go talk to a dog. Give a long forlorn howl! The man whirls on you as he hears your howl, then gives a lopsided grin as he throws his head back, howling at you. He stops a few moments later, then resumes his loping about, snarling and barking like some feral dog. Snarl back at him, baring your teeth. Yeah. We're, we're here to... Oh, crap. Wow. Wow, I'm he gone. hit us like a bunch of times in a row. Let's just, uh... We'll keep backing away while the other party members... Damn it. Uh, critically miss. Hey, five damage. And he dies. Okay. He's got a copper earring. That's worth some I'm amount gone. of money, I suppose.
well, Nameless One regenerates over time, but like over a very, very, very long span of time when your constitution is only 11. And we're at 4 out of 35. So let's quick save. Quick save successful. We only have to get one more barking dog to complete this quest. So we're going to do that. Uh, give the give the howl, skin snarl, and then fight. How many times must this fool die? Oh, we don't we don't want to do that. I'm really sick of you dying on us. Cut it out, will ya? Let's let's load our quick save. All right. All right. All right. All right. Um. Okay. All right, we'll go do the howl, do the snarl. That's how you want to die. And then we're going to send everyone to fight, I'm except gone. Nameless One is going to get back. And then Dakon, Dakon and Mort will uh, swing their weapons at this guy as he walks towards Nameless One. His AI is a little bit weak. He's getting hit by Dakon and Mort, but he uh, keeps fighting him. All right. There we are. All right. Oh, hey, while well, I did all that wandering around, um, uh, we, we healed actually one hit point. So we're now at five out of 35. Well, that's three. That's uh, three dead wolfmen. Barking dogs, howler. Let's go talk to Sevtai. You again. The woman turns to face you, her lips peeling back in a snarl. You have news for Sebdai? I found the starved dogs barking and penned three of them in the dead book. My journal. The powers be not blind to their justice this day. The woman reaches into her spider-like hair and draws forth a copper earring. Here you are. A pretty bit it should fetch. Tis worth 33 coppers at least, I'm sure. It belonged to one of me sisters, but she won't be needing it anymore. Very well. Farewell, Sevtai. Um, let's see. So let's talk to there's an open tomb and Gare's house, the gathering dust bar. We were just inside the Dustman Monument. So let's go around the Gathering Dust Bar. And it says there's someone we can talk to. Ah, Bane. Baen? B-A-E-N. Baen. Baen the Sender. You see a heavyset man with sharp features and a pained expression. Despite his huge frame, however, he has an effeminate look about him. And unlike the other residents you've seen, he looks to have bathed recently. As you approach, he looks up, hopefully, and calls out in a high voice. Craddock, good sir? Uh, what? Er... His hopeful expression dies as he studies your face. A thousand apologies, good sir, if I have given offense. He gives a slight bow. I am called Bane the Sender, third child of the Dibane the Sender. I am one of the many runners in the employ of the House of Senders. Uh, no apologies necessary, Bane. What do you want? 
A thousand apologies for troubling you with such a tri trivial matter, but I seek Craddock, an overseer in the hive. Bane looks like he's in pain, but alas, he eludes me. He looks at you hopefully again. Could it be you have heard of such a man? No. Bane gives you a deep sigh. I am bound to deliver a message to him, and as yet, fortune has chosen not to favor me. Um, I could help you. If I come across the man, I could pass along your message. Bane's face lights up like a lantern. Oh, fortunate day for Bane in the House of Senders. Any assistance he could provide would be most welcome. If you could find this Craddock and pass along the message, I shall see to it you are paid for your troubles. All right, what's the message? Bane recites the message almost like a mantra. The shipment must be incursed by the third day or there will be a penalty. Bane frowns. I am told that Craddock will know of what shipment to which the message pertains. If I see Craddock, I will pass along the message. Is there anything you can tell me about him before that might help me find him? He is said to be a giant of a man, stern of features, that he is an overseer in one of the hive marketplaces. <sighs> Yawn. Alas, I know little else than that, good sir. I see, that's enough to go on for now. Bane bows. Thank you, sir. Should fortune favor you and you are able to bear the message to Craddock, be so kind as to return and tell me of it. I will see that your efforts are rewarded. Updated my journal. Alright. We get to go find Craddock, who's in the marketplaces. And we already passed the marketplaces. There to the south. Wait. Hmm, maybe they're not. I thought they were in the south. Painted door to tenant of thugs. Fell's tattoo parlor. Smoldering corpse bar. Southwestern portion of the hive. I'm gone. Alright, we'll go to the southwestern portion of the hive. We're looking for our marketplace. Characters can dart around pretty fast in this game. Yeah, the marketplace! It is south. It's just more south than I thought at first. Okay. So if we hold tab, we can see a bunch of little names. One of them is Craddock. Here we go. You see a huge man watching the area with a tight-lipped frown and narrowed eyes. He is hunched slightly, as if bearing a heavy load on his shoulders. The unpleasant smell of sweat and dirt wafts from his clothes. Greetings. The man glances down at you, and his frown deepens. Aye, what are you stiffing here around for? Uh, you Craddock? Mayhap. He studies your face as if trying to recall you. If I am, what be it to ye? I come with a message from Bane the Sender. The message states, The shipment must be incursed by the third day, or there will be a penalty. By the hells! Can they be such fools that they think we could miracle it there? All right, then. Your message has found its way to the right ears. For all the good it will do. What's the problem? Look around ye! Craddock nods at the laborers in the marketplace, then scowls. These laggards and half-wits can barely keep up with the load as it stands, and now it needs doing in half the time. Uh, do you need any help? I'll tell you what I need. All my men to show up for work. July has gone missing since this morn, and I need him back now. July? Where did he go? That high-bred goat is probably passed out on the street somewhere by the smoldering corpse, where he should be here helping us. Worthless sod. I could go find him for you. Oh, you could, could ye? Craddock squints at you. And now, uh, why would ye do that? Uh, Let's see. You need the help, don't you? It doesn't sound like you can spare the time to go looking for him, and there's work to be done. Craddock is silent for a moment and nods. Aye? 
You find Jiladai, tell him to drag his worthless bub-ridden hide here. I'll pay ye for your trouble. He frowns. When you found him, now get. Alright. my journal. Well, we know where the smoldering corpse bar is. So let's have a let's have a look at that smoldering corpse bar in just a moment. <sighs> Done. That's where we met Dakon. And with the tab button, we can check where. Hey, look! It's Jehai. You see a thin man with stained clothes, a hooked nose, and two stubby horns jutting from his forehead. He is stumbling about and muttering to himself. He stinks of brine, vomit, and cheap wine. Are you Jehai? Jelai? If so, Cradock needs you back at the marketplace. Cradock? The man's eyes widen. Oh, Cradock! Me generous boss. Well, you can tell him this. He can pike off that he's a filthy dog, a cur of the lowest sort, and July's not a working for him anymore. He jabs you with his finger. Tell him that. Uh, I'll tell him that from a distance. Farewell. So we got 250 experience. Um, it said in the menu. It didn't make the sound, I think, but that's okay. So even if we don't actually get paid by Craddock because we're not getting July back, then um, that'll be kind of okay. I found July. Is that right? Craddock glances around. Where is he then? Let's see. Truth, he said to pike off that you were a cur of the lowest sort and that he wasn't going to work for you any longer. I could also lie to him. And say that I was supposed to fill in. But I'm going to tell him the truth. Updated my journal. Craddock's face turns a bright red and his face cracks into a snarl. Damned be his name. May all the evils in the plains hound his footsteps. A blistering stream of insults, threats, and speculation about Jehai's family roots issues from Craddock's mouth. Taunts, all right. Ooh, Mort clicks his teeth together as Craddock builds up steam. You can almost hear him taking notes inside his skull. Craddock finishes his tirade with a grunt. Damn that July. Uh, you know I could fill in for him if you need help. Craddock studies for a moment. Ye? Ha! Ye couldn't. He suddenly falls out. Well, my happy can. It's hard work, and there's no drinking on my watch. Understood, let's get started. The work is long, but at the end of the shift, you are not the least bit tired. Craddock grunts as you return. Ye did well enough. Here's your pay. He tosses you a handful of coins. Now get. We've no more use for you. So, I got ten coins. But... I also only, like, sort of fake did anything. Um, I'm gone. Like, it just advanced the game clock, but, like, I didn't, it didn't use hit points or whatever, so. <sighs> so that's fine. I'm gone. Maybe I can gut a dusty. I've never seen something so ugly I've not. Oh, Anna. What a silly goof you are. All right, we go back to Bane, and it says, You see Bane the sender. As we approach, he looks at you hopefully. Were you successful in finding Craddock, good sir? Yes, and I passed along your message, although you didn't seem to please him Updated any. Updated my journal. Bane does not seem to have heard any word after yes, for he smiles and heaves a huge sigh of relief. Good fortune indeed. Thank you, good sir. Thank you. He reaches into his robe and pulls forth a handful of coppers, which he counts out, then hands to you. 
30 comments for delivering a message, eh? Fair enough. Oh, more than fair, good sir, more than fair. I can say without hesitation that there is no finer profession in all Siegel than that of a runner for the House of Senders. I'll keep that in mind. Uh, let's see. So that's one little quest done. Hmm. So I'm looking for someone named Ingress. Done. Oh crap, I accidentally did a quick load. I meant L because I thought L was the thingy that would show your location in the dialogue box, but I accidentally did a quick load. Oh boy. Well, friends, it's 53 minutes. All right, I'm going to call it here for this episode, and um, then off air I will catch up to where we were just at, because I don't, I don't want you all to play through that again. And, uh, and then I'll be sure to save afterwards. So uh, I hope you enjoyed this Planescape Torment experience. Um, tell me if you like it, if you like it. Uh, that's cool, and if you don't like it, then that's really unfortunate for you, because this game is, um, like 30 hours if you're reading to yourself, and if you're reading out loud and explaining what happens as you go, it's going to be even more than 30 hours, so there's a lot left to this game, and, um, sorry you'll have to skip all these great episodes that are amazing and that you really should enjoy. But, um, you know, check out uh, the Patreon, message me on Twitter, all that stuff. Plug the pluggables. Just pretend the pluggables were plugged, okay? I'm not, I'm not going to plug every pluggable every time. Honestly, I think that gets a little bit tiring. Um, but I haven't plugged the pluggables in a little bit. So just today we're going to do a, a pluggables plug, a 2021 pluggables plug. Um, Yep. Can't think of anything else. See you, folks.